For the first few centuries of their existence, banks didn't seem to change all that much. Perhaps a new kind of loan here, an upgraded vault there, but no real developments to the business of banking. That was until the second half of the 20th century when computers burst onto the scene, an event that seemed to kickstart the evolution of banking. But now the very mainframes that ushered in the digital age for banks are being superseded by a new technological superpower, the cloud. Our data showed that 82% of 150 banking executives survey uh, said that they plan to move more than 50% of their mainframe workloads to cloud. So most of the conversations I have in a week are on this topic, and they're certainly all trying to figure it out. Some have gotten there. Many have indicated very publicly that, that it's a priority for them. So yeah, in order to stay up with their competition, they need to be figuring this out. And this switch from mainframe to cloud isn't just a matter of preference. It might well be the only way financial institutions can continue to compete in an increasingly regulated, on-demand banking environment. And I think it's table stakes, and I think it is part of a modernization strategy. And so if they're not tackling it this year, next year, they're going to have to figure it out to be competitive. So um, for me, it feels, it feels like table stakes for survival. This is Financial Futures, the podcast that charts the frontiers of fintech innovation. And in this series, we're examining a new generation of intelligent tools that are set to transform key monetary products and services, making them fit for modern financial institutions and their customers. I'm your host, Erin Dangler. In this season premiere, we're discussing the migration of banking cores from mainframe to the cloud. We'll find out what's prompting banks to go cloud native and explore how they're executing the transition. Plus, we'll ask how institutions can effectively de-risk the process and hear about the merits of public, private, and hybrid cloud models for core banking systems. Joining us in today's show are Division Executive of Modern Banking Platform Business at FIS, Rick Foresta, and Banking Cloud Leader for North America at Accenture, Nicole Lanza. For many, the cloud is a tricky idea to comprehend, and adding the complexities of modern banking systems into the mix doesn't make it much simpler. So what will having a banking core native to the cloud actually look like? I think having a cloud native first strategy will result in banks having to figure out what they are they want to have available out in the cloud from a consumption perspective and what needs to be on a cloud uh, from a transaction perspective. Core products by nature uh, have uh, a significant amount of capabilities, both internal and external to clients. And by being cloud first, we'll enable cores to be simpler, run in an environment that's cheaper, and be able to integrate with components that are maybe outside of their own infrastructure. So for me, I think at the heart of it is to be able to isolate the core, decrease the capabilities and the complexity, and centralize transaction engines and core products uh, on the cloud for access from banks. Yeah, and I think all of that means that 
the transaction data can be made available for AIML capabilities to be made available to banking uh, services. What that also allows is once you have the core capabilities running in more of a cloud native infrastructure, the time to market for new capabilities speeds rapidly. So it's really about speeding time to market, making that data available in new and different ways so for competitive differentiation for the client. So let's back up a little bit. This is all great, the advanced AI and ML. So where are banks now? Like, we're talking about banks that still have their mainframes, the big iron, and making that shift versus ones that already have it. Can you talk about what's holding them back? What's holding the banks back that have these these old systems? The mainframe is an incredibly reliable piece of infrastructure, and it has been in place for more than a generation in most of these banks. The challenge that a bank has is the high degree of resiliency and availability necessary for the kind of workloads that run on a mainframe is it's simply, it's the sensitive underbelly of the banking world, right? So it is the level of risk involved in making any kind of change to that core system is not something executives get comfortable with lightly. It can be a long-term investment. You have to think very carefully about how you mitigate risk along that journey, and really get everybody comfortable along the way. The other thing that has to happen is a talent shift, right? So the the kind of folks who typically run a mainframe, it's a highly specialized skill at this point in information technology. They often need to understand things that only a handful of people in the organization know, and they themselves may need to transition into cloud-based skills and all of this gets very complicated, right? So the talent that currently runs mainframes, at this point, many of them all want to retire. Some of my colleagues have been asking to retire for a decade, and some of them are just extended and extended and, and on highly specialized contracts so that we don't lose their very necessary brains. So at some point, you know, we need to let everybody retire and move on and go play golf. And that really will be a lot easier once these core workloads are running in uh, cloud-native environments. Okay, so it really is a whole shift. Like, it's mindset, it's the workforce, it's a commitment, it's change. And what, what I hear you saying, too, is I, I love a good metaphor. Uh, it's almost like if I have an old TV, it's hard to find someone who can fix it when it goes wrong. It still works, right? But... You know, you shop around and you take it to that person and they've got 50 old TVs sitting there and you're your 50th in line. It's not, not too far off. Um, Rick, do you have anything to add to that? First of all, I agree with all of Nicole's points. There's additionally, and this is more outside of the U.S. and from an international perspective, there's also government and regulatory concerns about moving customer private data off-prem. And so there's, a, would say, a pervasive lack of knowledge around security and information that is, is even a government policy with some countries. So there is there is a systemic impediment, if you will, to be able to have full-scale adoption. Obviously, it's going to take you know a long time, but we'll see how that goes. The other thing, too, and I think it's probably the next question, is banks are taking steps. But as we think about the core, to Nicole's point, it's the highest risk aspect of a bank. And so I think what you're starting to see is some adoption outside of the core. How are banks managing outside of the cloud now? Those that haven't made the shift or maybe thinking about making the shift or delaying making the shift, how are they surviving? 
what I've seen in, in my travels is starting to figure out how capabilities that are outside of the core that may be running inside on infrastructure and banks infrastructure, how they can integrate and build those in the cloud. So it's a step approach that's risk-based and some of those capabilities that, you know, whether or not it's a dispute management engine or some business intelligence aspect of their data or some element of uh, customer onboarding and communication. So I'm just trying to paint the picture that rather than taking the core and moving it completely off of uh, infrastructure and mainframes and moving into the cloud is that they're figuring out where they can break down and uh, decompose their capabilities because some of those areas are a lot simpler than trying to have a full shift of the core platform, which as Nicole mentioned, is nobody really, really wants to dive into that immediately. So uh, that's what I would put forth. I'd, I'd love to hear Nicole's view. Yeah, absolutely true. I think, you know, we hear the term hybrid cloud, you know, a lot. So it's not unusual. We do typically see clients start with the easy stuff, right? Something very simple. If you can take the simplest code that can be digested on a mainframe and start to simplify that into maybe you take COBOL and move it to Java. Maybe you just move the COBOL you know, directly into a cloud environment and you figure out what you can isolate and package and move, simply move all that. And the harder stuff stays on the mainframe for now. And then you start to slowly piece by piece, think through how you can evolve, evolve the core. Would you say it's imperative for banks to move to the cloud now? They have to really be figuring it out. When we Accenture do a lot of research on this topic to make sure we understand where our clients are on their cloud journey. And, you know, banks in particular, what we see is most of them are deep in their journey around figuring out how to enable data and AI in public cloud. And the other thing they're really focusing on is figuring out the core. And so, they're all doing that, and I, I think our data showed that 82% of the of 150 banking executive survey said that they plan to move more than 50% of their mainframe workloads to cloud. Most of the conversations I have in a week are on this topic, and they're certainly all trying to figure it out. Some have gotten there. Many have indicated very publicly that, that it's a priority for them. So, yeah, in, in order to stay up with their competition, they need to be figuring this out. Right. It's it's competitive based. It's going to save them money. And as you said, the gene pool of talent that knows how to maintain the old structure is going away. Rick, did you want to add anything? I think it's table stakes. And I think it is part of a modernization strategy. And so if they're not tackling it this year, next year, they're going to have to figure it out to be competitive. So for me, it feels it feels like table stakes for survival. There's also new entries into the market that are going to come to the market with a cloud-based infrastructure. And so they don't have to spend the time and the cost to be able to do that. And so they're already going to be at a competitive advantage uh, just getting into the market from a digital banking perspective. So banks are going to have to deal with it and keep up. Banks need to start figuring out how they're going to make the move from mainframe to cloud if they want to maintain their competitive edge. However, these migrations aren't as easy as cutting and pasting a few files from a hard drive to an online server. The amount of data involved is gargantuan. It carries financial, technological, and regulatory risk. And it's not cheap. But with near-infinite scalability, improved security, cutting-edge technical applications, and reduced running costs, it's a move worth making. 
And this leaves many asking, what are the steps you need to take to transition your banking core from a mainframe to the cloud? I think it's, it's, it's all gonna be out where they're at now. And if they are at full scale mainframe, capabilities are being delivered from a mainframe perspective, I highly suggest you know, starting to decompose those capabilities into more, uh, into more of a composable architecture that can be leveraged outside of their core. I think it's becoming a bit of a non-starter to think they're gonna pick the entire infrastructures up and put it on the cloud. So I think it's a stepwise approach and I think it's gonna have to be broken down, in my view, based on the customer journey. And so from a customer journey perspective, starting to think through how you're onboarding customers in regard to cloud capabilities, how you service those customers for cloud capabilities. So for me, I think the approach should be driven from the eyes of the customer. At the end of the day, the phone is gonna to come to bank in the future. At the end of the day, how customers are interacting with banks are gonna be driven by mobile devices. And so a lot of the approach that I see from a bank's perspective, you know, taking, taking that uh, transaction mode out of the play and coming from a customer standpoint, that way you can then start to drive capabilities and uh, experience back to the customer where ultimately revenue is being driven from a bank's point of view. I completely agree. We often have clients first reach out to us around, hey, you know, how do I reduce the cost of this mainframe I'm entering into a, a contract refresh cycle and... Uh, I'm looking for my options. And we typically say, sure, that's great. We're happy to help you through that. But let's take a step back and think about what exactly the the functionality you need to deliver these core capabilities, because there's just so much more on the market now that wasn't available even a few years ago. And each of the product areas has added new functionality. So it's really important that that the business sit down and think about what they really need in order to meet customer need today and how they want to do business in the future. It's been a lot of economic shifts in the last few years. Rising interest rates mean, you know, banks are really focused on on landing and maintaining deposits and using that in a different way. How does that shift what kind of product suite you need to be, you know, running? And so start there and that, you know, again, product driven, as Rick was pointing out, and then shift into your architecture and figure out how you can optimize with cloud. So, Nicole, you mentioned earlier on, you talked about risk, that banks are worried about the risk of moving to cloud. What risks are there and how do you help banks figure out how to de-risk this move? So, in banking, we are heavily regulated. There are security risk and compliance requirements that are simply inflexible. (laughs) And that is true around the world. They often vary radically from one country to another. There are countries in the world that are now requiring hybrid uh, environments for specific things. There are certainly resiliency requirements, and for sure there are security requirements. And in many cases, all of these have to be reported through auditors publicly. So it's simply no joke. And then, of course, you know you can't have like a five-hour outage of your core capabilities, right? The availability requirements are the highest in probably the world. So what we typically recommend is that you... Do what you can uh, along this journey to be very purposeful about managing all of these things, right? If you're going to be planning and running something in cloud environment, maybe don't start with core. Start with something that's a little bit easier. Learn on the easy stuff. Begin to shift your talent. We often find that major projects like this are an outstanding opportunity to start to shift your organization to a product-based operating model to really start moving in the agile direction in your organization, which is not at all natural in the banking industry. And 
to sort of implement DevSecOps and, and sort of these new ways to work. And all of this helps you on a journey like this because you start to prep your talent for how it's going to be in the future. But the de-risking really starts not just at the technical level, but also at the talent level and making sure you have the right people who can support and be a part of the journey along the way. Great. Rick, anything to add? Nicole said on a bunch of them, and I, I think the regulatory aspects are probably as key as anything. And that was part of my comments earlier about some government control dis, uh, disparities across the globe, which will drive adoption. The only the other thing that I think I wanted to add was around providers. There are options. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing are banks trying to be agnostic to provider. That will bring complexity in as well, meaning simply you want to be able to have a strategy that's robust because some of the providers are going to be more friendly from a transaction volume and space as well as cost point of view. And so understanding your provider strategy and how your providers want you to move down an adoption path would be the only thing I think I'd add to the threat. So I also want to touch a little bit on, you've mentioned public and private and hybrid cloud configuration models. How do you choose which one to use? What I've seen over the last several years is a much greater focus on public over private. There are some entities that are still, you know, building and supporting public cloud environments. It's typically a high complexity project and it's you know, probably better to be undertaken by a larger bank who's well-funded to do something like that. So, but they can be extremely efficient environments. And so it's, it's certainly worth figuring out if that's the right thing for your bank and if your workload should reside in that environment. That's typically a risk choice. So where you have highly sensitive PCI data, more often than that, a bank is typically more comfortable starting with workloads like that in a private cloud environment if they have a private cloud environment. This is also true for core. We have clients who have, in moving their core workloads, have built out private cloud environments in order to transition from a mainframe architecture to an x86 architecture just to sort of get it out of that mainframe environment and into the right architecture. And they start on, you know, with that on-prem sort of comfort level, right, and just optimizing. Uh, it's not typically where they plan to land forever, but it is simply, you know, a starting point. Public is is typically chosen for areas where we really need to scale. If you have workloads that need to be highly elastic, that makes a lot of sense, right? And there are services available in all of the cloud service providers today that allow you to get just access to new and different technical capabilities that you couldn't have before, right? The ability to monitor things uh, real time, response real time, build automation in those environments that help you control the environment. You can get extremely advanced with all that in a public cloud environment. I don't frequently see hybrid workloads yet, but I think we're all trying to, you know, get more of that going and, and master all of it. But I do see control planes set up to allow you to manage the environments and orchestrate the environments across uh, both public and private. So there's certainly a lot of options on the table. And I think we like to look at each workload as a happy little friend in and of itself that has to be figured out. And, uh, you know, I like to say we put it through its Harry Potter sorting hat and, you know, figure out where it needs to land. Great. Rick, do you have anything to add? I personally don't think we're ever going to get away from a hybrid approach. I don't think that there's going to be any single one 
focus on either private or public. And I think that's going to be a natural evolution towards a hybrid approach. And so a lot of it's going to be resistance based on banks' risk tolerance and risk appetites. There will be regulatory aspects. There will be aspects that have to be taken into account. So I think coming at it from the start is assuming that you have to figure out what goes in public and what goes in private, to me, feels like the way banks ought to come at it. I think also the capability view, higher level than transaction workloads, is thinking about, okay, what things, what things make sense to move out will drive some of the workload transaction types of things that Nicole's bringing out. But I don't think we're going to get away from a hybrid approach anytime soon. That's my view. Regardless of whether they're shifting their core to a public, private, or hybrid cloud environment, banks will have to make the move at some point. And in theoretical terms, this can be daunting. But as Rick and Nicole can attest, it's not an impossible task, and banks are doing it successfully. I think for the most part, the scenarios on neobank, digital bank startups, very specifically geographic expansion out of uh, the bank's footprint as an aspect of growth. And so the case study was as much around building a new channel that was digital first and cloud first was a step for them so that they did not have to think about all of the conversion aspects uh, that need to go in from migrating from a legacy platform to a cloud platform. And so the intent of this bank is to stabilize in the cloud and build the channels in the cloud so that they have a cloud first environment and then migrate some of their legacy technology and legacy capabilities into the cloud is a pretty sound strategy and pretty common for approach to get to a cloud environment. There's also a case study with a client who is, instead of thinking about converting existing uh, capabilities into the cloud, they are standing up their own private cloud and they are standing up new capabilities internal from a private cloud perspective. And then they're going to take a product by product view checking, savings, et cetera, and, and move uh, gradually uh, in regard to adopting the cloud. So I think for the lack of a better word, it's not about converting, it's about standing up and stabilizing. Uh, and for most of the banks, it's figuring out that scenario, whether it's market-driven, product-driven, or customer-driven, is generally the user studies that I'm seeing. I've actually seen two different patterns across the world. So in Europe, what we're seeing is more of a shift into a private cloud environment first, leaning the core, right? So really taking that COBOL and moving it into either pure, just into an x86 environment or converting it to Java and running it on-prem first, and then eventually graduating into a public cloud environment over time. And that may be a very long, you know, five plus year journey to, to get through that. The other thing I've seen, which is more North American, is a little bit more focused on applications that have uh, more of a SaaS level of interaction model. And I think that has opened the doors to very different ways of doing this. So taking the, the new capabilities on the market uh, at a functional level and marrying them together and being able to run that in a, a public cloud environment and shifting to that over time. And often what we see is standing that up in its entirety in a new digital bank and then shifting the old to the new over time. So a couple different ways of doing it. And I think it's driven largely by the regulatory environment in each location uh, and how to think through some of those things. Can you talk about a client that's made this shift and what benefits they saw? 
So the client in Europe, we actually have over 60% cost savings that we've seen. So yeah, it's a really tremendous story when you get close to it. I'm a big lover of the mainframe. It's something I played with early in my career and it's a really important piece of hardware historically. Certainly has a role going forward. The cost of of doing this in the cloud is just because of the scalability is is really advantageous. So, you know, it's something you have to look at and think through and figure out what, you know, what's right for your organization. So what would you say to institutions out there that want to get started on their path? What would be the first steps? I know we've talked about it all along the way, but there's someone out there listening right now going, oh my God, I need to do this. Where do they start? For me, just to start that, I think you need to have an enterprise approach. If you go step-by-step, solution-by-solution, like we've talked about, you may kind of get yourself into a situation where you have rework. And so I would simply suggest have an enterprise-wide strategy with regard to who your providers are, what capabilities you want to move from a risk standpoint, and start to move down the journey. So for me, I think making sure there's a, a modernization strategy at the top of the house to migrate to the cloud broadly from an infrastructure spend perspective, and then I think figuring out which applications to move based on risk and client journey would be the approach I would recommend to start. Yeah, completely agree with Rick. In parallel, I'm a big believer in just starting something in order to learn from that. So start experimenting with a proof of concept and figuring out you know, what the comfort level is of your organization that allows you to have something to really talk to your leaders about, your your peers about, and just you know, start playing with it and learning. And, you know, it's always useful to engage a partner who's seen this at other banks to help you think through it. Certainly make sure that you understand the business case, that you're thinking about all the new stuff on the market that's available for you today that wasn't available only a few years ago. And I completely agree with the enterprise approach. I just like to bundle it in something small to start with so that you're not eating the whole elephant. Rick Foresta is Division Executive of Modern Banking Platform Business at FIS, and Nicole Lanza is Banking Cloud Leader for North America at Accenture. That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time when we'll be exploring how organizations are gaining better insights about their customers through the use of advanced customer data platforms.